Good morning, everybody. It is I, Richard the Geek Chef Marker, the Corbin in the studio, coming to you with episode two of a Gorbin in the Studio podcast. Today, we are going to go over a few things, such as updates on products that my game company is producing. Uh, that is two Gorbins in the studio because of my partner, Arlie Opal, who handles the layouts and artwork and helps with the writing and game design. We are 50-50, and she is amazing. Go follow her on Facebook, Arlie Opal. Uh, take a look and a gander of her art. It's amazing. Uh, we are also going to go over um, essential materials for any OSR, NSR, GM, or any DM, referee, judge, Whatever system you're running, these are essential and highly recommended materials to help you, to aid you in your running whatever game you like to run. And speaking of games, we are going to do a quick review of one of my favorite games, uh, Karen by Yorhai Gao. Um, it is the basis for Magic End, which is one of our upcoming RPGs. Uh, I'll go more in depth to it. Links will be in the show notes. Uh, it is a free RPG. You can print it out. It comes in a booklet form. I have several copies that I printed on cardstock that I stapled um, to hand out to people. I love this game and uh, you'll know, uh, you'll, you'll hear all about it in our review section. Um, but let's go ahead and get into updates. So updates from Two Gorman Studio. We are working on two major products. They are both RPGs. Um, the first one is Home is Behind You, which is, we call it kind of a cozy, nostalgic JRPG inspired game. And you play adventurers. You all start in a village that you help the GM design. There's a, uh, uh, a village creation sheet that is provided in the system. Um, and you go over and everybody has their say. And you, you build this from the ground up with your GM. It helps characters, or excuse me, players invest more into the campaign world as they help design it. And I think it's, it's kind of cool. It, that that kind of comes from uh, a Japanese role-playing game called Ryutama, which is amazing, by the way. This is more of a stripped-down version. It uses uh, kind of the black hack and into the odd, and a lot of Nabe stuff you'll see uh, in it, plus some redefined and reimagined travel um, mechanics that I came up with that were inspired from like Ryutama and old school essentials or you know basic expert sets from the old D and D. There's also a relationship mechanic where you develop relationships that help strengthen your party of adventurers. Um, and, and there are cooking rules, there are cooking recipes, all inspired by your favorite JRPGs uh, from yesteryear, and maybe some new modern ones as well. There are camping, how to make camp, and it's just not making watch. There's a lot of, a lot of nice rules that we call cozy rules that makes this game not just about hack and slash, but exploring uh, the world, and actually 
the relationships of, of your party and how you can strengthen that. And that strengthens the entire party as a whole. And you realize that you do not travel alone. You are with friends and maybe even family by the time the campaign ends. The big, big, big project is the one that we've been working on the longest. That is Magigan. And Magigan is a post-fantasy, apocalyptic, weird, gonzo, sci-fantasy type of game. The world lost its magic for a little bit, the Magigan, which may have brought out or brought upon this world something called the Gnaw, which devours the tethers of reality and allows these portals to open up. Uh, so this world is a mishmash of you know, your, your medieval slash fantasy technology all the way up to beyond imagination technology. So these things come through the portals from other worlds, other dimensions, other universes. And you have this mishmash of anything kind of goes, kind of happens. And in the starting central hub, I'm a big believer when it comes to game design philosophy to have a central hub is called Rustock, which is the city of scraps. And that's where the trade princes and the exchange um, take in artifacts that you as a scavenger, you play a scavenger, that um, you go out and bring and pay off your debt because you start indebted to one of these trade princes. And that gives you kind of the momentum or initiative or the mo motivation to go out into the withering dunes, these wastelands, to discover what lies beyond the dunes. This is really uh, based off of, it was started to be based off Into the Odd and uh, a game, two games from Ben Milton, uh, Knave and Maze Rats. But then I discovered Karen and the, the groundwork was already kind of laid for me. So I took that. And of course, I love Troika, which we'll discuss in a later episode. Troika is by Daniel Sell. It's a, a really odd and awesome fantasy role-playing game. I kind of use the backgrounds as inspiration to to make traits that uh, you can pick when you design your character. But those are the projects we're working on. We're, we're hoping to, especially with Magic Eden, uh, that might be kick-started because we want to do like a collector's edition box set because it is uh, the inventory systems inspired by Isaac Williams' Mouse Ritter, which uses cards. Um, and then you can put them on your character sheet to take up so you always know what you have and how much uh, you can carry or how much you have, you have left to carry. <coughs> and uh, the dilemmas and fatigue can also take up spots to kind of weaken your character and you, you have it there visually in front of you and you can interact with it. So it, it gives a little more immersion. Uh, Arlie is hard, to, is hard at work on all the artwork for both games currently. They're both probably 90% finished as far as writing goes. Uh, just I have to glance over like a couple of generation tables and bestiaries uh, and shore up the included adventures for each. But other than that, they're, 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 they're almost there. I am working on a solo project uh, just, to, just for funsies. It's a setting for Cairn, the RPG. It's based off of things like Elden Ring and Dark Souls. Uh, my love for darker fantasy, like Elric of uh, the Elric series by Michael Moorcock and First Large Trilogy. Uh, it's called Under a Sunless Sky. 
And the art, because Arlie's so busy, is is done by Kim Holm, who graciously put a majority of his artworks under the Creative Commons license. So I just attribute to him and I can use the artwork, but I will sing his praises because his artwork is amazing. And the link to his site will be in the show notes as well. That should be arranged in a couple of weeks. It's just, uh, I don't even know what I'm, uh, it might be pay what you want. It might be like three or five bucks. I don't know. PDF only for right now. It's uh, if, you, if you enjoy the Dark Souls series or Elden Ring, this kind of gives you that feel. And it is uh, really very little added mechanics, just more generation tables uh, and the runic weapons, which are like they can power up with you uh, through uh, forge rooms. But that should be ready in a couple of weeks. I will let you know during this podcast or a podcast episode when any and all of these drop. Speaking of Karen, well, no, hold on, I forgot. Let's do essential materials before we go into the review of Karen. And today I want to talk about Knock. Knock, so far, is three episodes, uh, three issues of an average 180-page magazine that pretty much uh, takes articles from the blog sphere, the OSR, NSR, and puts them into a really fantastic magazine every space is utilized like the front cover uh comes off and it's usually an adventure with a uh, or or a setting <laughs> and you have that right there every single page even in between is utilized it has something for the gm dm judge whatever um this is i would pull the first one uh, let's, oh, Chris McDowell, who does Into the Odd, Electric Bastion Land, one of my favorite game designers. We'll go issue one, page 16. And this article talks is from 2011. It talks about monster design from classics. And it goes over the lich. And he, he talks about how you can design this classic lich all the way to experimenting with the core to make these different types of liches. And... You, he talks about experimenting with balance and how to make go- golems. It's amazing. I really love this series. Uh, they were all kickstarted, but I believe they're all available. They may be um, on another print run for certain issues. I will put that down. The Mary Mush, Mary Mushmen, who put these out, are from France, and all their stuff is high mm, quality. Not recommend it enough. I think these, how much did these run? Because I, I kickstarted all of these, so I don't really remember. I don't see a price on these. I'll check that, and I'll, like I said, I'll have it listed in the show notes. Um, even if you just want them for the art and layout design, I, I would 100% do that. Just uh, even the PDF, but I, I like the physical copies. I, I reference these all the time when uh, designing encounters or a session or a campaign or a new game world. They have, they're just full of ideas, especially for, like I said, GMs or judges or referees, but especially for game designers. They, they it's, a, it's a neat little peek into some of the giants in the industry as of today. That should do it for our essentials. Let's go into <laughs> our quick review on the Karen RPG. The 
the you could like I said you could print the booklet and, or, or download the PDF booklet. It's, it's roughly about twenty pages, <clears throat> so it's not that uh, not that in depth. But the rules are borrowed from Into the Odd by Chris McDowell and Ben Milton's Knave and Maze Rats. <clears throat> uh, mostly Knave instead of Maze Rats, excuse me. And uh, the it's all designed and the content and layout were by Yohai Gal, uh, who I love his podcast with Brad Kerr called Between Two Karens. I'm uh, full transparency. I'm on their Discord server. I uh, I'm in the middle of collaborating and doing conversion of an old TSR module called Palace of the Silver Princess with a couple of other guys on the Discord server. Uh, I interacted with them every now and then uh, to say that he is one of my favorite creators right now is not an understatement. I love what he did with Karen. He just distilled what it means to create an RPG <laughs> that one can just pick up and be and, and be rolling with it in like five minutes, it, even as a GM or as they call it the warden in this in this game, because the tables and and people players can create their characters very quickly. <clears throat> um, it I love what he did because he did something called principles. Which I uh, I didn't call it principles. I just call it um, <coughs> um, what do what what you what players should expect to do and what a GM should expect to do in my games. But the principles are the same thing here. And he breaks it down for wardens and for players, and, um, and it just goes. I'll just give an example uh, for principles for wardens. Preparation: the game world is organic, malleable, and random. It intuits and makes sharp turns. Use random tables and generators to develop situations, not stories or plots. NPCs remember what the PCs say and do and how they affect the world. And NPCs don't want to die and fuse their own self-interest and will to live in every personality. And I love that. I love random tables, the story generators. You will, all right, not story generators, excuse me, <laughs> and generators. You will see a ton of those in all my games. And even in my setting... Uh, under a sunless sky for Karen RPG. But they don't replace a story. They help enhance and help develop, but they're not, they should never be used in place. And I love that that's right there in the principles. <coughs> I love under the principles for players, uh, amp amp ambition, set goals and use your meager means to take steps forward. Expect nothing, earn your reputation. Keep things moving forward and play to see what happens. And there's tons and tons of these principles, and I really like it. The layout is great. It's a it's very simplistic with bullet points. I, I'm a big fan of bullet points ever since I discovered um, Gavin Norman and his layouts for Old School Essentials and the modules that they designed for that in their trade dress. Um, character, character generation takes no time. There are only three stats, strength, dex, and willpower. You roll three, 3d6 straight down the line, but you can swap any two once. So maybe you rolled a, well, let's look at this example. Ines rolls for a character strength. Uh, she gets a 12. The next two ability rolls is a 9 for a dexterity, 13 for will. She wants to swap the 12 and the 9 uh, for a character of 9 strength, 
uh, 12 dex and 13 will. Maybe she wants to focus more on spells and ranged attacks. There, instead of hit points, you have hit protection. It's kind of a, a pool that reflects their ability to avoid damage. Um, and that's a D6. What's cool about this, and this is from Into the Odd, is you don't fall unconscious when you run out of hit protection. Instead, the damage will start going into your strength, um, which, let me, uh, let's go ahead and we'll go here under rules. Um, let's go to combat right here. I didn't really sta staple this too well. <laughs> so once you uh, run out of hit protection, um, once it goes below zero, it, your strength uh, starts to it starts being taken out of your strength. So, like a critical damage is anything that results in your HP falling below zero, and then the remaining damage comes out of your strength. So, let's say you have a strength of twelve, you have HP of four, and you take six damage. So, your HP is zero, and your twelve strength will go down to 10, and you must immediately make a strength uh, save, which you roll under, to avoid critical damage. If you suffer critical damage, you can't do anything but crawl weakly, uh, grasping for life. If given aid and rest, you will stabilize. If you are left untreated, you will die within the hour. What this game does differently, if that happens, they have a... It's almost like a almost like a character regression from failing or from well from failing. Let's put it that way. They have what's called scars, and when damage to a PC reduces their HP to exactly zero, they are sometimes changed irrevocably. See the scars table on the following page. So these are these scars, and when um, you can. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the. Uh, I have my. So the total damage taken that reduces your HP to exactly zero, you get a scar that it ranges from one to twelve. So they can uh, range from lasting scar to rattling blow, wallet, broken limb, diseased, reoriented head wound, hamstrung, deafened, rebrained, sundered, mortal wound, and doomed. But they also have um, results that can impact your character, like the lasting scar, you roll a d6. This is to show where the scar is. And if the, whole, the, the, if the total is higher than your max HP, your HP increases by that uh, new amount. So you take the new result. So let's say you have HP of 2 and you rolled a 5 for legs, your scars on your legs. But now instead of having just 2 HP, you have five HP. Scars are an interesting <clears throat> progression mechanic. Excuse me, I am <clears throat> going under some severe allergies. They cut the grass yesterday, and I went out and walked the dog, and it's just been tearing me up. So I apologize for that. Hmm. Take a little sip of water. Uh, it has a very base bestiary, how to create your own monsters. Uh, it has 100 spells, which comes from Nave. I use the same thing. Uh, but I, I changed the spells to some several of my own spells in Magic Eden. 
Um, the character sheet has a rule summary on the back. Uh, magic items are known as relics. In all relics, they have to be charged uh, or recharged because they have limited charges. They can range from one to four charges. And that you have to do something to recharge. Uh, like the honey clasp has three charges. Let's say rusted ring that shrinks the bearer to six inches tall. Recharge, place in a thimble-sized cup of royal jelly. That's an example of relics. Casting spells. Anyone can cast a spell. So there are no classes in Cairn. Uh, instead, you are defined by your loot and experience. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, spell books always take up one slot in your inventory. And spell books only have one spell. So if you're going to focus on magic, just remember that. Anyone can cast a spell. By holding the spell book in both hands, it reads its uh, contents aloud. This adds a fatigue to your inventory slot. So fatigue, we'll go into that in one second. You can enhance a spell's impact without any additional cost if you are given time and safety. If you, if the PC is deprived or in danger, the warden may require a PC to make a will save to avoid any ill effects from casting the spell. Uh, consequences of failure are on par with the intended effect. It may result in an added fatigue, destruction of the spellbook, injury, or even death. If you want, you can also re, uh, refer to numerous miscast or spell failure tables or create your own. Or just make a ruling, be fair, be consistent, jot it down, and apply it for whenever that happens again. Let's go about fatigue. So I have to find that real quick. Fatigue. So deprivation and fatigue. This is a very crucial part of this game. And to me, it was what helps make it stand out, uh, especially for your PCs. Uh, a PC deprived of crucial needs, such as food or rest, is unable to recover HP or ability scores. Remember, that's important. Anyone deprived for more than one day adds fatigue to the inventory, one for each day. So a fatigue will occupy a slot and last until the PC can re recuperate safely. This weakens the PC. So your inventory slots shrink. You become weakened. You won't be able to carry as much gear. And Magic Geddon, also, besides fatigue, there's also dilemmas, like bleed or acid damage, something that's persistent and ongoing. Those dilemmas will actually slide into your inventory slot, weakening you further. Armor, there's no armor class. Um... Each armor has an armor value that you subtract from the incoming damage. Big, big change in this, which just comes from Into the Odd over most of the traditional RPGs, is that all hits, all attacks hit. There is no rolling to hit. Uh, you just roll damage. The armor value subtracts the incoming damage. So you have an armor value of two, and the monster does four points of damage. You take two points of damage. There is such a thing as enhanced damage and impaired damage instead of uh, advantage or disadvantage since you're not rolling to attack. Uh, enhanced damage uh, does D12 and then impaired damage does D4. So it doesn't matter what weapon or attack you're using. If it's enhanced, it automatically does a, does a D12. If it's impaired, it automatically does a D4. Obviously, enhanced means you have an advantage in some way. The upper hand impaired means they maybe they're 
under a little more cover behind a thicket of bushes or trees and you're or they have um, maybe they cast a, a mirror image type of spell that you're trying to hit you know for, for the maybe you're not actually hitting correctly you're engaged in an illusion or something along those lines you can dual wield um, you can roll both damage die and keep the single highest result any spells or attacks that have a blast quality affect all targets in the noted area so you roll separately for each one we already went over critical damage and scars there's a thing called detachments, which are um, large groups of similar combatants fighting together. When a detachment takes critical damage, it is routed. When it reaches zero strength, it is destroyed. All attacks against detach all attacks against detachments by individuals are impaired, except for blast damage. Attacks against individuals by detachments are enhanced. So if you're fighting, uh, let's say, a large group of goblins, a detachment of goblins, and you're by your, you know, each one of you are attacking, you are at impaired because you're trying to take down this horde of goblins. But they get to get attack with enhanced damage against you individually. So retreat is an option. <laughs> so you can always retreat from a dire situation, and you just need deck save for that. So everything are saves, everything's a roll under. Uh, I really, really, really love this game. And that's why I've used it as a basis. I mean, I've been wanting to do an Into the Odd Knave slash Maze Rats hack forever. And Yochai did a fantastic job with this. And I cannot recommend this game enough. If you would like to play either... With one of my settings, like under Sunless Sky, which needs to be play tested, or just want to play Karen and just to get a feel for it, uh, hit me up. You can uh, email me at uh, thegeekchefdm at gmail.com. You can message our Facebook page, A Gorbin in the Studio Podcast, to reach out to me. Um, links for everything I talked about will be in the show notes or description, I should say. And, well, that should do it for this episode. Welcome to episode two, or the end of episode two. I hope all your rolls are crits, and you have a very lovely day. Thank you for tuning in.